hour number two of the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Each Sunday night, we get together for three hours. We talk about the news of the week, the events of our often bizarre lives, and we do so in an entertaining, informative, and unique fashion. In this hour, we continue with our weekly look at the race for the White House 2016. And, uh, Leah, I mentioned that at www.freespeechbroadcasting.com, our website where you can check out each and every one of the 22 stations that broadcast the John and Leah show now, uh, starting here at the beginning of 2016 on a weekly basis. At that website, you can also check out the official John and Leah show percentages for who will win the GOP nomination and who will win the presidency in 2016. And people might be surprised that the name Jeb Bush is even listed. Why is it? Well, I, I've given Jeb Bush a 1% chance at the GOP nomination. A zero, he has no chance of winning the presidency. He's not listed for the who will be the next okay. president. Uh, he has a 1% chance at the GOP nomination, mainly because the um, strategy that his campaign and his political action committee are using, while insane and highly counterproductive to the alleged goals that Jed Bush states for the party and the country, could, and I underline could, theoretically, if lightning strikes, works. This has not been getting, in my opinion, enough publicity, partially because it's been happening over the holidays. But here's what we now currently see as the Bush strategy. The Bush strategy is basically destroy everybody so that you have no choice but to back Jeb Bush uh, if you are somebody who doesn't like Donald Trump or Ted Cruz. Yeah. Um, now that's, and it's infuriating the money he's throwing away. It's oh, just disgusting. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if you were a contributor of a of a hundred? You know, one of the people who gave a hundred million dollars plus. Well, you were an idiot to begin with. You were to the Jeb Bush Political Action Committee. Being run by a guy by name of Mike Murphy, a guy who I know a little bit, a good friend of Dennis Miller's, a guy who is a fellow Georgetowner. He actually, <laughs> I spoke to him back when I was at Georgetown when he spoke spoke to my class, um, and I've kept in touch with him a little bit. Uh, not a huge fan of the guy. Uh, he's highly overrated. The media loves him because he's you know one of these soft conservatives. Uh, and the reality is that he is devising this plan to destroy Marco Rubio. They're running anti-Rubio ads. So can you imagine? So you're, you're, let's say you're from Florida, right? And you're a mm-hmm. conservative, and you say, you know, Jeb did a good job as governor. I'm going to give him some money for his political action committee. Did, could you have ever imagined that that money was going to be used to destroy Marco Rubio, your yeah. senator? Whoa, by the way, Jeb is trailing Donald Trump by 35 points nationally. <laughs> Well, look, here's what I think. I think that Jeb Bush has the uh, senator position as a backup plan. You mean he's got uh, Marco Rubio's senator position as a backup? Yes. Really? I hadn't heard that. That's an interesting— No, that's what I think. That, he wants to do. Yeah. That's why he wanted Marco Rubio. You need to drop out of the Senate. Yeah. Why are you out here? Oh, no. I, really? He needs a government job. I, You know, that's an interesting theory. I haven't thought enough about it to give a strong opinion on it, but that's that doesn't feel right to me because 
Senator, I don't think Jeb really. Although at this point, it just might He'd be take an, anything. It might be an ego saver just for him right. to have something out of this. But here, let's just go through with the strategy. So he wants to destroy Marco Rubio in Iowa. So mm-hmm. that so that Rubio has no momentum out of Iowa, and that in New Hampshire, the anti-Trump, anti-Cruz, moderate vote, which is pretty significant in New Hampshire, will at the very least be split between him, uh, you know, Rubio, uh, Jeb Bush, Christie, and maybe Kasich. Or somebody else, not Fiorina after that Iowa uh, tweet. But, uh, you know, there's a split there in Iowa or that maybe somehow Jeb can inch ahead of all the moderates and finish in second or third in New Hampshire. That would be the dream. Oh, there's no way. I don't, there's just no way. I, I don't believe that. I'm, Lee, I'm telling uh-huh. you what they're they're thinking, okay? They're so, so stupid. All right, but they've got a lot of money. And, and the – and the oh, I, money. Lee, I couldn't agree with you more. But I'm telling you that, that this is important for two reasons. The second reason is is not as important as the first, but that's the one we're talking about. The second reason it's important is it could theoretically work. There, you could you could theoretically end up with a situation where if Jeb somehow uses the money to destroy Rubio and destroy Christie and edge out Kasich in New Hampshire, and he becomes the alternative, and then the party looks around and goes, "Holy crap!" We've got either Trump or Cruz. Jeb doesn't look that bad. Let's we got to rally around somebody. Let's make it. It's got to be Jeb. At least he's got the ship. He's got a you know big ship with this money he's got. We might as well do this. We've done it with him before, you know, with the family before. At least we know what we're getting. I'm not saying that's going to work. It's a, like I said, it's a one percent shot. But you know. So you're telling me there's a chance. There, there's a chance. There's a chance. <laughs> Now, but here's the first reason it's important is this. See, here, this is where the irony comes in and why it's so infuriating. Because the more likely scenario is he's going to create the exact reality he doesn't want, or at least he claims he doesn't want. He's actually doing Donald Trump's work for him because the reality is not only will it be very difficult for Jeb to knock out all of the other potential moderate alternatives to Trump and Cruz, but Jeb is by far the most easily beatable. That's b- right. By Trump, Tr- Trump is thrilled. Trump would be thrilled. <laughs> Trump, Trump would be laughing himself silly if he ended up in a three-way race with Jeb, Cruz, and himself. Because there'd be one guy that would be agreeing with everything he said, and there'd be the other guy who's his <laughs> ultimate foil, who who he's been beating the crap his out of. punching bag. His, his human punching bag. Come on, bag. come back for more, Jeb. <laughs> exactly. I don't think Trump wants any part of Rubio, because I don't think Tr- Rubio is intimidated by him. R- uh, Rubio is a heck of a lot better talker than Jeb is. He's a better debater. Uh, you know, he's obviously younger, hipper. Uh, so the reality is that this is the best thing Trump could ask for. Trump needs there to not be anybody for the moderates to, to rally around. He needs division there. He needs it to stay fractured so that his 20, 25, 30, 35%, we don't know what it is yet, but it's somewhere between 20 and 35, maybe 40% of the Republican vote in any particular state. It's somewhere in that range. For that to work, 
He needs there to be two or three people splitting that other end. And meanwhile, Cruz just sits there and goes, this is cool with me. I, yeah. I, I'm happy with this because he's betting that when a push comes to shove, if it turns out Cruz versus Trump, that even the moderates will go, oh, we hate both these guys, but give us the guy who's at least a U.S. senator. So th- they'll go with Cruz. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what Cruz is banking on. But it is what's amazing to me is how upside down the world has become in just a few months. Remember If I had told you that the guy who was threatening to leave the party and not endorse the nominee would be Jeb Bush... And that, the, and that the guy and that the guy who was pledging himself as a true blue Republican now would be Donald Trump. And and that and that the person willing until very recently to attack Hillary, that just recently now, the one attacking Hillary would be Trump, and the one attacking Rubio and the other Republicans who could actually win would be Jeb Bush. You would have thought I was insane. But but that's where we are. Up is down, down is up. It's Alice in Wonderland. Welcome to the GOP race for 2016. It's unbelievable. <laughs> We've never seen anything like this before. Um, all right, when we come back, uh, speaking of Trump going after Hillary, uh, very interesting what he's planning to do with regard to, to not just Hillary, but Bill Clinton. we got to talk about this when we come back on the John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is www.freespeechbroadcasting.com. We continue with our weekly look at the race for the White House 2016 and the amazing ability of Donald Trump to create a new chapter. Just when you're starting to get bored, he comes up with something new, and it's usually something that conservatives love to hear. Tell us about that, Leah. So Donald Trump has warned Hillary Clinton repeatedly to be careful about how she talks about him being sexist because he says that gives him an opening to start reminding the world of what Bill Clinton did as governor and as president and how Hillary attacked and destroyed the women he was involved with. But yesterday, Trump sent this tweet. I hope Bill Clinton starts talking about women's issues so that voters can see what a hypocrite he is and how Hillary abused these women. Now, he did call Fox and Friends, and here's what he has to say. And I think the last part of his statement is the most telling. And I said, look, if you bring up the women card, I'm going to bring up the women card, too, and I'm going to be talking about your husband and what happened with women, because I think that's fair game. And as you saw, the press has gone wild over it, but the truth is most of them agree with me. I mean, it is fair game if she wants to play that card. Now, if she doesn't play that card, that's a different circumstance. But if she plays that card, then Bill is certainly open. It's fair game. And I I, I agree with uh, Donald Trump. And You know, I've said this before, but maybe one of the most amazing things about Donald Trump's campaign, and he's almost savant-like in this ability, 
You got to remember, this is a guy who for most of his career has been a Democrat, who has been a friend of Bill and Hillary's. He, he invited them. Beyond a friend. Right. He's given them money numerous times, given their foundation money. He invited them to, their, to his third wedding. There's a famous picture now of them laughing and up together. They're tight. Right. Exactly. He's a lifelong Democrat. He's a billionaire he'll tell you that numerous times if you ask him um, and he's living in a new york city bubble most of his life right he's the most isolated person from the average mainstream conservative you could possibly think of really and yet he understands or at least pretends to what it is that that person is interested in hearing better yeah. than a conservative radio talk show host does uh, and he, he, and I don't feel like he's even acting. I mean, he see that feels like a guy who knows what he's talking about. A guy who knows the Paula Jones story, who knows the Juanita Broderick story, who yeah. knows the Kathleen Willie story, who knows the Jennifer Flower story, um, and, and why these are not. See, the, the media would like you to believe that this is Bill Clinton philandering, right? That yes. that's the narrative for them. No, no, no. This is this is just Bill, you know, fooling around with women, not his wife. As if, by the way, that used to be a death sentence in politics until Bill Clinton came Gary around. Gary Hart. Right. Exactly. Gary Hart. We don't even know for sure if he ever did anything. And he lost <laughs> he lost his entire presidential campaign with one picture with a, a woman on his lap. Um, and so, uh, but Bill Clinton changed all the rules. And so it's just philandering. Except. It's not just philandering. Not at all. And, I mean, Monica Lewinsky, you have to put in there, too, because by feminist definition... That, sexual harassment. That sexual harassment. She was an intern to the president. You could not possibly have a greater disparity in power than that. And, oh, my gosh, today everything's rape. So that clearly is rape, uh, mm-hmm. just by, by definition of, uh, of a superior and a subordinate. So uh, the reality is... Bill Clinton could not live in, in a in a more fragile glass house on this issue, and I think it's fantastic what Trump has done. Uh, I think it's interesting because he's it's so, so typical of of Trump and you know the way things work and how he gets all the advantages because Ron Rand Paul not Rand not Ron Rand Paul Senator Rand Paul from Kentucky obviously he said months ago that he was going to go after Clinton on this. And it got a little blip of publicity, but nothing like Trump. Trump Trump, you know, tweets it out once or twice and it's a big media to do. And so everything Trump does is a, a firestorm. It's amazing. It's it's absolutely amazing and you know, you, we've talked about it before. With me it's just works you know it's magic it's It's magic so when Rand paul does it no one cares but when donald Donald trump does it it's a big deal and now clinton bill clinton who's going to be on the campaign trail in new hampshire this week is in a bit of a hot spot it'll be very interesting to see what happens and most importantly for trump he creates the next act just he does just when you're getting bored (laughs) <laughs> he gives you something new. All right, more to come on the John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Thank you. 
Welcome back. This is the best radio talk show in all of weekend radio, mainly because most of weekend radio sucks. And because this show is pretty good. It's called the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. She does the show from Birmingham, Alabama, where people care about guns, Jesus, and especially this time of year, college football. I broadcast from just north of Los Angeles, where people barely even care about themselves. Although this week, they're probably going to care about how much rain we get. I have a, I'm, One of my predictions for 2016, Leah, which I actually predicted last year, is that we're not going to be hearing a lot about the California drought by the end of the year. That's just my nope. gut. That's just my gut feeling. Uh, we're, we've already gotten a lot of snow up in the mountains, and it looks like this week we're going to start getting that rain that's been promised for El Nino. Uh, well, you know, it's that uh, climate deal that the president just signed. Yes, <laughs> it's amazing how fast that worked. <laughs> I, I, I cannot stand, the, the, of all the elements of the global warming climate change fraud that drive me nuts, number one probably is the drought issue, because right. even the experts tell you even the even the ones that that are on the on the dull, you know, the the, the 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 true believers in the so-called scientific community, they'll tell you, they'll tell you quietly. Oh yeah, the drought doesn't really have anything to do with this. <laughs> um, and by the way, uh, we just within the last decade, both Florida and Texas went through huge droughts that are now gone, which at the time. The media was reporting, oh, this is climate change and global warming. Well, wait a minute. The drought's done with now. It's been alleviated. So does that mean there's no climate change, no global warming? Well, well, when it happens in California, which it's going to take a while to do, but I'm guessing it's going to happen because these things are cyclical, especially in California – um, we're not going to, there'll be no mea culpa. There never is from, yep. from these Anytime people. Anytime the climate changes, Zig, obviously you don't understand the term. Oh, I see. So even though when it goes back to the way it was, that's right. still climate change. Well, it's gone from drought to rain. It's climate change. <laughs> they can't lose. It's amazing, especially when they control the referees, which is the news media. True. Um, uh, all right, a little bit later on in the program, coming up soon, you're going to hear... My analysis and Leah react, Leah's reaction to my analysis of the Bill Cosby charges that you will not hear anywhere else, I promise you. I promise you. Not possible for anybody else to have this take, uh, especially not on uh, 22 radio stations across the nation. Uh, we continue, though, first with a few more thoughts on this week's edition of the Race for the White House 2016 And on Donald Trump, because, first of all, before we get to a story on Hillary, which I find uh, to be particularly interesting and almost hilarious, um, but Trump really is amazing. Uh, For all my problems with him, and my main problem for people who have not heard this show before, is I would love Donald Trump. I I would be in love with the guy if I trusted him as a conservative and I thought he could win. If I thought... He could win, and I trusted him. If he did, I would be 24-7, let's go Trump. I I would be all over it. I like the guy personally. I think he's hilarious. Uh, You know, he supported my work on the Penn State uh, situation publicly. I met him backstage. He hates the media. Hates the media, which I love him for. Um, And he's a hell of an entertainer. I mean, and what he is doing with the Clinton thing is absolutely perfect to box Bill Clinton in on his sexism, call him out where no one else is. By the way, speaking of hating the media, my favorite moment this week, we don't have the clip, 
<clears throat> because it wasn't that dramatic, but it was still worthy of mentioning. There was a CNN female anchor who, when someone mentioned on the show that there were 14 women who had made some sort of claim of sexual harassment or assault against Bill Clinton, she said, what? What? Four? 14? She was like, she had never heard this before. Oh, yeah. They had no idea. And so so Trump would be educating a yes. huge segment, especially younger people, um, of an important reality. And and let me make it clear about Bill Clinton, all right? The, the cheating on the wife is bad, real bad, because it's lying. The sexual harassment and or rape is horrific. Uh, and and it's it's amazing that he's gotten away with it when, for instance, you know, other people like Bill Cosby hasn't even been convicted of anything yet. And, you know, he's presumed way worse than than uh, Bill Clinton. And I think there's some similarities, by the way, in the way the two of them view women. But I'll get more to that later. But but the thing about Bill Clinton, I will never, ever get over uh, is I believe personally that. Him escaping impeachment and escaping the most blatant and obvious lie ever told by the president of the United States uh, to get away with it, I think it fundamentally altered this nation in ways that we have never fully acknowledged, we've never fully accepted. And you put it, when we were on KFI, you had a very elegant phrase. You would always say that lying went from what did you say that lying went from from sometimes being acceptable to now being preferred right that, that, that now now it's preferred and and that that's really what happened post bill clinton it not only was was acceptable it was preferred in all, in, in many elements of society you're if you're su- a democrat especially well yeah but you're you're supposed to lie now lying lying used to be a death sentence in all yeah. elements of society, oh, you're a liar. No, 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 no. Now you're supposed to lie. It's accepted. Don't you understand? Sure. Sure. And that, I think, has had a ripple effect through all elements of our society, all elements, and especially our youth. Because uh, to me, uh, the, the value of truth has diminished exponentially oh character doesn't mean anything in the last 20 and, and and i realize it's not all bill clinton's fault there's other elements that help exaggerate this and facilitate it i get it but that was a seminal moment a seminal moment when bill clinton got away with all that with with barely a slap on the wrist he got a ninety thousand dollar fine he lost his law license he got impeached but the media ignores the fact that he was impeached so it doesn't even it's not even a stain on his legacy and record because it never gets mentioned and he, he never and he didn't step down never yeah exactly <laughs> the the idea that he didn't step down my, my you know my grandfather uh, in philadelphia i mean you know i remember i'll never forget that that sham senate trial oh. was going on and and i kept trying to tell him you know this is not this is going to end very not badly. Watergate. Right? This is, yeah, exactly. It's not going to work. It's not going to end like we wanted to, Granddad, and or Bob, Bob, as I referred to him. And I swear to you, I think he he thought to the last moment that this was all going to work out. That they they, they were going to remove him. And I'm like, no, no, no. We don't live in that world anymore. And I right. think I think he was really stunned. And it took a lot out of him. I know that because uh, it, it was not the world he grew up in. And the so, new low was reached with Bill Clinton in that White House. Yeah. I mean, and, and it wasn't just—see, the media wanted to make it about sex. 
No. To, and it was not about it was not about sex. And it might not even have been about sexual harassment, which is bad enough. To me, it was I mean, about lying. There was obstruction of justice. He destroyed lives uh, on purpose. He destroyed he, he destroyed the or tried or put in jeopardy the life of his own black female secretary, Betty Curry. No oh, one yeah. ever talks about that. That was the most amazing thing he got away with. He suborned her perjury on a Sunday morning where she he took her from going to church, brought her into the White House and said, Monica and I were never alone. Or he, 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 he might put, Monica and I were never alone, were we? Where, where are we, Betty? We're, we're, we were never alone, right? I, I just want to make sure you remember that, right? I mean, that's, that's and, and she, so what was she supposed to do? I mean, uh, uh, no, you weren't. Can you, can you imagine if George Bush had a oh, black yeah. female secretary brought in on a Sunday morning the day after he gave a deposition where he blatantly lied in a, in a sexual harassment lawsuit and suborned the perjury of this black female uh, to, to get her to be a witness on his behalf because he's already thinking, oh, my God, I got to I got to come up with a narrative here that makes sense. And uh, and Betty Curry's the one person that can screw me on this. If that. Oh, my God. I mean, there is not a chance in the world. George Bush would have survived to the end of the day that yeah. that became public to the end of the day. And by the way, he would have resigned himself because he had some dignity and cared about the office, unlike Bill Clinton. But you know, Bill Clinton you, did not care about the office. Neither does Hillary. And yeah. we're getting right back into it. All right. Well, anyway, with regard to Trump, though, he is a master showman. Are you not entertained? I mean, he he gets it. He has just when you think you're getting tired of him, he moves on to something else. And it's strategically tremendously smart because he's now sending the message. I'm done with the rest of you GOPers. I'm focusing on Hillary now. And people like me who have been criticizing him, right? One of the things we've been criticizing him for is why are you attacking all the GOP people that can win? Why aren't you going after Hillary? Well, yeah, but I think he's signaling to her, hey, don't bring it up and I won't. You really, wow, you think it's that cynical, huh? Yeah. Wow. The very last part of that, of his statement, if she brings it up, if she doesn't, she doesn't. Yeah, I, okay. Now, that's an interesting catch on your part. Maybe I'm giving Trump too much credit. But she's she's going to bring it up at some level. I mean, th- she's already said that th- she's already attacked him on being a sexist. I mean, she's going to play the female card. And, and Clinton's going to play the female card at some level. They have to. Look, the, the reality is Trump has, has shown he's, he's willing to go there. And I think from a tactical standpoint, regardless of whatever happens, it's incredibly smart because he's sending the message to the GOP voter, look, it's me and Hillary. And don't you, you're going to like what you're going to see here, folks. And oh, that's true. You're, you know, you're going to like it because I'm going to take her on like no one else will. And GOP voters like that. And one of the greatest things Trump has going for him is the delusion that a lot of GOP voters have that Hillary will be easily beaten. And this is a huge part, or huge, with a Y, if if you're Donald Trump, huge part of why Trump is viable. Because his people think Hillary will be easily beaten. Which is false, and I've been trying to tell you that. It's not because she's a good candidate. She's a terrible candidate. It's because she's going to have so many damn advantages. Now, when we come back, I want to tell you about something that came out in an email. 
which I found to be almost hilarious and very telling, uh, from the Hillary batch, which they dumped on New Year's Eve. We'll get to that on the John and Leah show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is www.freespeechbroadcasting.com. You can check out each and every one of the 22 stations that broadcast this program on a weekly basis. And you can also check out the percentages that I assign currently, no betting allowed, to the uh, who will be the GOP nominee as well as who will be the president of the United States, elected in 2016, and currently leading is Hillary Clinton with 74% of the vote. I know that's not going to make a lot of people happy, except well, <laughs> uh, except her. Um, you know, the, that, that's the you know the reality what is. What difference at this point does it make? <laughs> so, uh, unfortunately, I'm pretty confident in that 74%. I don't think I'm being overly optimistic or pessimistic. It's not because Hillary is a good candidate. She's not. She is a terrible candidate. That's what's so frustrating about this process. However, she has enormous advantages. Like, for instance, she gets an email dump on New Year's Eve, as absurd as that is, uh, from her now infamous emails. And one of the emails, Leah, which, you know, in a, in a Republican world, I think probably would have been very big news— Oh, yes. But instead, this one got nothing but a little bit of play on the right wing. Uh, is a, a hilarious email because it's an email from Hillary's pollster, Mark Penn. This was back in 2012. Obama is running for re-election. And Mark Penn emails her in a tizzy, advising her to consider resigning from office. Yep. In 2012. Now, what would have made a Democratic pollster think that she should resign? Well, it came about because you may recall, although it's easy to forget because the news media let you forget it very quickly. Oh, yeah, they shrugged pretty much. Interesting. Okay, let's move along, please. Nothing to see here. Um, This was the moment when Barack Obama was caught on a live microphone telling the then Russian president, that he would have more flexibility on missile talks after <laughs> his reelection. Do you remember yes. this? Do you remember of this? Of course. Oh, I remember. He, he says he tells Medvedev that Prime Minister Vladimir Putin should quote give me space because this is my last election. Yep. After my election, I have more flexibility. Now he didn't say this thinking it would be on tape, although it was idiotic that he wouldn't be on tape. I mean, my gosh, he's talking to the Russian president in front of a crowd of people. There's microphones everywhere. He gets picked up by a microphone. Now, Penn emails Clinton about this, and he says, if true, which it was, this could be about the stupidest thing ever (laughs) said by a president in foreign policy. Yep. Which it would be. And Penn advises her to consider resigning because essentially Obama's going to be toxic, that you don't want to be part of this, 
and since you're the Secretary of State, uh, you know you've got you might have to do something dramatic. Now he acknowledges he might be overreacting, and in fact, other advisors say that uh, he might be overreacting. But what I find funny about this and, and telling about this email is that there are still certain people, like this Mark Penn guy, he's an older fella, who actually think that things count. Thank you. Exactly. Like this, these are the type of people that are that are running the Jeb Bush campaign. Correct. <laughs> they they still think it's 1988 and yeah. two plus two equals four, and that there's some sort of logic, and that people act you know, in in a way that is that is somewhat consistent with their values and that truth matters and that yeah. no one's going to go for a, a, a guy like Trump because everyone knows he's he's an idiot and a dunce or whatever, or buffoon. Uh, no, uh, Mark Penn's living in an old world where, yes, in the old world, uh, Hillary Clinton as Secretary of State would have likely resigned if the president said something like, you know, just wait until after my last election, I'll have more flexibility to the Russian president. She would have packed up her private server and taken it home. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Very good, Leah. Um, but that's what I found to be most interesting here is that there are certain people and, you know, Penn is now I'm guessing he's probably now into the 21st century who are still living by these old rules that yeah. don't understand that we're now living in a new world where it's Alice in Wonderland. <clears throat> up is down, down is up, right is wrong, wrong is right. It doesn't matter what the truth is. And I'm not just talking about in politics. I'm talking about... Almost, Hands up, don't shoot. Thank you. Almost anything. Anything that the news media is involved with, it doesn't matter. Because they will create whatever narrative they want. The facts be damned. It doesn't matter. And when it comes to Obama, as I predicted in my movie Media Malpractice back in 2009, they're going to do whatever it takes to protect their guy. Because they put him there. They've put all of their chips on him. They're not going to do anything to destroy him or make him look bad because it makes them look bad. And they've already created the rule that basically any criticism of him is racist. So so if you go after him for telling the Russian president, let's just wait until after the election and I'll have more flexibility. And then, then you're a then, racist. Then you're racist, right? You're you're a racist. Um, and of course, you know, the, the bedrock principle of this program is that the news media is as broken from top to bottom as any institution in this country. It, it's it's worse than the movie making industry. And people wonder, why are there no good movies? Well, it's because the machinery is broken. But the movie making machinery is working incredibly well in comparison to the news media machinery because the news media machinery is under far more pressure far more time constraints with far less competent people uh, and people who who don't even care anymore about the truth it doesn't even fit into their equation right and wrong doesn't even matter so so what happens is because they can they've got eight million places that they can report something they report what obama said one time quickly as possible move on put it on maybe a, they report it well they usually report no it's pretty easy you can report it's as i always say it's not what gets reported it's what gets repeated repeated so as long as you know you just report it once in a very you know 
very uh, sedate style, very quickly, move on, don't make it interesting, and we put it on our website, maybe at the bottom of the page, and let's, you know, the next day, let's get on to something, ooh, what's Donald Trump up to? Um, you know, that, that's just the way, or, oh, Kim Kardashian, did you see what she's wearing? Yeah. I mean, that, that's the way it works now, folks. That's, and that is why, bottom line here, that is why Hillary is going to be so formidable. So we're fooling ourselves and think we can take take this uh, rocket ship ride with Donald Trump as fun as it might be. All right, when we come back, you will not hear any other take on Bill Clinton like mine on the John and Leah show.